Welcome to Access Nation. This podcast discusses current events, featured products, and entertainment in the access industry. Happy New Year. Uh, we're on to 2022, and thanks for catching the podcast, Access Nation. Hey, today's podcast, we're going to go over Lift and Access Magazine 2021 Leap Awards. And it was written by Guy Ramsey, uh, awesome guy in the industry, and I'm excited about sharing what I've learned from that. And I'm also going to kind of highlight some of the products that if I was a judge, I would have really voted for. So, and then, um, we're going to, on a, we're going to do a product segment today and it's on rotating telehandlers. We've got five OEMs that are entering this and it's been kind of quiet. Now it's emerging and I'm going to share all the players in rotating telehandlers, uh, for the U S marketplace and, uh, maybe a little highlight some of their models and things. So we'll have that. And then, uh, some of the questions, maybe the last part I'll, I'll cover is the anti-dumping countervailing is that's all been settled out and maybe try to just pose some of the questions I've been given to what it really means to the industry and kind of the marching plan going forward as I see it. So it's purely opinion based. So stay tuned. That's the podcast today. Customer service matters in the rental equipment business. You're going to do everything you can to get your customer the equipment he needs when he needs it. You hate turning your customers away. I feel the same way about the brokerage business. I want to do everything I can to help you move old equipment or find equipment you need for that rental. With a little bit of hustle money, the deals are always fair with me. Give me a chance at your business when you're looking for equipment or you're trying to sell equipment. Call me at 816-749-3343. Lift and Access Magazine, the 2021 Leap Awards. This is written by Guy Ramsey. He used to own the Lift Leader Magazine. He used to do the equipment rodeos. He's, he's kind of symbolic in a way that he's a pioneer to some of the magazines that, that were out for access equipment back in the day so he wrote the article it's, it's worth a read you should check it out they did five categories of awards and there was nine judges and they gave it a gold and a silver award for each category the first category is aerial lifts and like i say there were 16 entries in this category it's the biggest it had the most applicants it's the biggest draw and the gold went to JLG with the Da Vinci 1932. The silver went to Snorkel for the 210-foot SJ. 2100 SJ is the model. And it had the biggest you know, entries. To me, it's the biggest category, aerial lift. Category 2, material handlers. 10 entries. The gold goes to Magni with the model RTH 6.51. That boom, that rotating telehandler is 167 feet. That's a massive telehandler that rotates. 
we're, we're talking big stuff there with the gold. And then the silver goes to Manitou with a redesign on their rotators. And they redid the cab and some other things with it. It, it grabbed the silver award. The category three was features and components. Um, if you if you if you put an entry in, you had a good chance this year because there's only three entries for this category. The gold goes to Snorkel Extreme with the coordinated motion for the telehandler, and the silver goes to JLG Sky Sense, which is it senses any obstructions around the platform. Category four is aftermarket support products and services. There's five entries. The gold goes to Skyjack Elevate Live. The silver goes to Advanced Battery Monitoring System. Category 5 is the Vehicle Mounted Boom Lifts. And there was three entries for that category. Gold goes to Elliot, and the silver goes to Ruthman. So that's how the Leap Awards break down. And... If you want to know about the award winners, they have a nice write-up. Guy did a great job in the, in the magazine so you can learn more about the product. Now, I wasn't a judge, but I'm going to give my gold and my silver. And just reviewing this, Category 1 Aerial Lifts, that's my focus because there's 16 entries, so it's obviously everybody's focus or more so than the other categories. And I look at the gold winner. JLG Da Vinci 1932, and I got to go, it's not going to be my gold. And here's why. I love the idea, no hydraulic fluid. I love all the features of the machine. I get it. And guess what? It's been around. It was a Zephyr. Years ago, there was a product like this. Now, I can't, I'm not an engineer. I can't break them nuts and bolts and tell you the difference, but it's not going to be worthy of my gold. And then I got to look at category two material handlers with 10 entries. And I go, yeah, that gets my attention. You know, nothing to take away from the other categories. But if I'm going to endorse a machine, my gold is going to the Snorkel 2100SJ. A self-propelled boom at 210 feet, that took a lot of, that took a lot of engineering design. I, and I think about what it could mean to the job site in the workplace. I think that has a major impact. Um, to our industry as far as what it can do. Not that the others don't. You're going to see a lot more 1932 Da Vinci's than you are Snorkel 2100 SJs. I get it. So popularity, you know, this is, mine's probably more focused or targeted to certain applications, obviously as high as it goes. And it probably carries a hefty price tag too. Uh, Massive machine. And my runner-up, or my silver award, goes to the Magni, the rotating uh, 6.51 and it has a 167-foot boom. That's just massive. That changes. That has an impact on the job site. You know, those machines, my silver and gold, when they unload those off the truck and they show up to the job, by God, that's the machine. That's what people have been waiting on, and it that makes the job site. So that's why those are going to be my picks for this year's Lift and Access Leap Awards. And exciting uh, articles in that. So read about the products, learn them. I can tell you that you know, just to randomly pick a few, you know, the sky sense from JLG, um, that's cool because, you know, the crush sensing and then the bump guard system, it looks like this combines it all to protect the operator when he's in the platform and also protects the material. I know if you go back to the original bump guard machines, those were a lot for the, for the airline manufacturers. So, the guy didn't run a boom into the plane and damage the plane. Uh, 
So I think they take that to a whole nother level. Hold tight for rotating telehandlers. The next segment. On to rotating telehandlers. I'm exciting to excited to feature this today. You know, these machines are an advancement in productivity to me. And you have to really know the history of telehandlers because when telehandlers emerged, they went after the Simon R.O. Crane applications. So when I look at rotating telehandlers, and you know, it has the word telehandler, don't don't go there. I mean, this thing rotates and it looks more and works more like a crane than your average 10K telehandler. And to compare the two would be like saying, okay, uh, you can operate an F-150 with four-wheel drive. Uh, now go fly a Cessna jet. It just doesn't work. So if you're a rep and you're a rental rep and you have somebody in your rental fleet, you need to get on the machine. You need to understand it. When you deliver it, you probably need to go talk to the operators. They need to have some real serious training behind this, or you're going to set yourself up for you know, a major learning curve on the job site, which is never fun, I would guess. So um, that's kind of the intro to that. Um, there's five OEMs now in the U.S. that offer rotating telehandlers. Number one, Manitou, number two, Magni, number three, JLG, number four, JCB, and number five, Merlot. Those are the five offering currently. Now, could Extreme show up? Yes. Could Genie show up? Yes. Could Skyjack show up? Yes. Just watch the market grow, and then more players will roll in. Let's start with JCB. This is their first year offering um, a rotator. And their machine, they're only going to offer one machine. It's going to be a 12,000-pound max capacity with 83-foot of boom. And I think that is kind of the sweet spot, knowing JCB. They're very smart how they go to market. I would say that this could cover a lot of rotating applications, but not all. Um, You know, they have similar, like I would say, advanced technology in the machine, some auto-deploy stuff. they run a JCB engine in it. I look for them to be a player almost immediately if they have them available. Next, we're going to go on to JLG. You look up in the air in a job site, cream and orange paint, it's everywhere, right? It's it's very prevalent. So although this is a private label agreement with Daiichi that JLG has, they're going to offer three models, a 1370, a 1385, and an 11100. And as nomenclature would go, as far as models, the like the 11100, that's 11,000 pounds, 100 feet. I have questions about their powertrain, which there's yet to be another announcement from them on, you know, the product specs. There's things in more detail on their rotating telehandler. And I know they have prototypes out going and just as JCB does as far as what the users are saying about them and how they're, how they're being accepted. This is not the first time JLG has done a private label type agreement um, from the other island. They did it with Hinawa on the compact crawler machines, uh, the atrium lifts. And, and there was a learning curve for them. They would tell you firsthand, you know, the first shot out, 
we kind of kind of knew that we need to Americanize it, so to speak, and and to make it a little more friendly for our operators here in the U.S. And so I look for that learning curve to happen with them. But have no fear, JLG has plenty of resources, and they will will make changes if needed, and it will be a competitive product in this category. One thing else with that is their powertrain that I question. I think they're using a Fiat diesel, which is used in a lot of over-the-road type trucks, or, or you know, that's the industry that they're better served in, that engine, and I'm not sure how well that's going to go over if you have a rental store and you decide to call your local truck dealer to get an engine. probably might not go as smooth as what you're used to. The next one on the list will be Merlot. Merlot has been in this marketplace, and they I've seen their machines around. I think, um, like anything else, when it comes to you know Europe that enters the U.S., there has to be like this master dealer, this this central person that tries to distribute out to the rental chain. Uh, I'll let you be the judge for how successful that is. Um, I think that if you want to be in North America. You can go back to my RER Top 100 podcast, and I would focus on some of the major players uh, independently and on a national account basis. Um, that's probably the best way to enter the market. But hey, you know the, the way things are now, anything can happen. Anything's possible if you want distribution in the U.S. The next manufacturer I want to highlight, and I don't know how many models Merlot. I, I reached out to them. They're really good people. Uh, and they're not sure what's available, et cetera, yet. And, you know, should something become noteworthy with them, I'll pa- definitely pass that on. Manitou. They have 11 models available. Okay, so when you start talking about what's available and who's making what, Manitou has a pretty good offering. Their smallest unit is 9,900-pound capacity with 59-foot of boom. Their biggest unit is 15,004 and 113 foot of boom. They run a Deutz diesel in the smaller machines, but in the bigger machines, they run a uh, a Yanmar. And with that Yanmar machine, um, that's fairly common in the rental sector. I think we're all familiar with that, so that's a plus for Manitou. They're kind of the, I won't say first in, but they've, they've had their rotating telehandlers. And I think of some of the players that have had them in the past, and a lot of them are crane houses. So if they had cranes and they had a relationship with Manitou, then they would bolt on one of these and, and try it in the marketplace. And I think that's that's what's happened. But they, did, they haven't seen the growth that we've seen in the last three years with these. And the final manufacturer would be Magni. Magni has the biggest offering of 16 models. And a broad range of everything that everybody else offers plus bigger i mean like i say in the leap awards they got the 160 foot boom on one of their machines and they also have the smaller capacity and they run a deutz in their small machines and then they run a volvo for the bigger units all staple or familiar type combustion engine in our rental industry in access nation and I'll just throw this out that I do have relations with Magni. Um, I've worked with them three, four years ago on some things. And I also have my oldest son who uh, works for Magni um, down in Houston 
for him. So I, I just want to throw that out there that if I do have a favorite, yeah, I do. Is there relations? Yes, there is. But, you know, they back it up. It's, it's, I don't hesitate to say that, you know, they're the, you know, they do things great in their segment. And they also nailed it with distribution to me because they went out and set up dealers that are independent guys. And then they also have a, a staple with the national accounts. And with that, it gives them more exposure on the job site. See, machines, cool machines like this, they need to produce productivity on the job site. And when they do, bam, rental companies are, are having success and they're going to buy more. And that's what's happening with Magni. And they, they you know, it took them a while, but they got it right. And things are going well with them. Exciting news for them. And like I say, it is my favorite, but I do have relations there. I'm not going to, not going to hide any of that and, and, and act like that. You know, I I'm not familiar with them, but I am just as I am JLG. But I'll tell you, Magni is killing it in the rotators. But here, look out! Here comes the competition, and we know that first in a marketplace always matters. I can list a lot of products. Take the 5K from Terex, which became Genie. You know that was first in, and then everybody else went chasing them uh, with it, and that's kind of what's happened here with Magni being the front runner. Hold tight. I'm going to give you my final thoughts for today's podcast and uh, an update on this countervailing thing. Please follow us on Twitter at Nation Access and LinkedIn. This podcast is purely based off of opinion and welcomes your feedback. This is not a substitute for an ANSI, CSA, or ISO compliant training by a qualified professional. Some of my final thoughts. Um, I've been covering the anti-dumping, countervailing stuff between China and JLG Genie or Terex. And I get in a lot of questions and such. And, you know, as it all settled and we're not quite there yet, you know, the big question would be, what are the penalties? And we really won't know the final penalty until February with what it means. Um, I can tell you it's taken, it's taken its toll on the China manufacturers for being here. Um, but then again, you're talking a, a, a crazy market uh, as far as demand. Um, everything's busy, but looks like China is going to be facing some penalties if they want to do business here in the U.S. And yet, you know, another question is, well, who won? Well, obviously, U.S. or JLG Genie won uh, because if you're going to come do business in the U.S. and you're financed by the Chinese government, you're going to have to pay penalties. If you sell a machine less than market value, you're going to have to, you're going to be assessed penalties or tariffs, tax. I'm not even sure how that all works or where the money goes or who holds it. Does it go to the government? Does it, you know, I'm not sure. You know, I, I do want to learn what happens with it because it's, it definitely sets the stage back. If you are shopping for a, a, a 45 foot knuckle boom right now or a 40 foot straight boom, you know, your your options are pretty limited. Um, you're going to have JLG, Genie, Snorkel, Skyjack. Um, you know, there's some others, Nifty. There's some other people that make a 40-foot boom. But for the mainstream, it, what you had before is what you have now. You're not going to have a new emerging manufacturer um, from the U.S. And if you do choose a China brand, you know, I don't know what your price is going to be. So, that's some things that we'll always um, try to get our arms around and help you understand if you're looking for booms. What's it mean to our industry is another thing. Well, obviously, I just stated that if you, why don't you call your rep uh, from any of the manufacturers and ask him when you can get a boom. 
I think it's going to be a while. And with that kind of demand, you don't have a lot of other choices. And is it, I mean, it's just that time. Now, when things slow down and get caught back up, I'm sure JLG, Genie, Skyjack, Hybrid, Snorkel, everybody can fulfill the, the demand with their production capacity. But right now, it doesn't appear to be that way. And so that's where this takes a little bit more of a microscope with me because I think for a healthy market, you need that competition. I think that competition is healthy. It, 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 you know, what's your advantages versus this brand? I mean, that encourages that kind of stuff. Not to mention, this industry's grown. And we all know that the, the primary distribution route for access equipment is through rental companies. And if you look at the players in the rental world, you got the national accounts and you got the independents, right? Well, if you're going to go cut an order for a thousand booms versus 10, I mean, that's going to make a difference, I would think, to every OEM. So when China took the tactic that we're going to focus on small rental companies, I think that's a niche. There is a niche for that. It's tough for JLG and Genie to be everything to everybody. I get it because there's only so much. Or Skyjack, when you know I leave them out, or Snorkel. There's options, but it, it just tightens everything up when we have a marketplace like we do today. And if you've been looking for used equipment, you know that the values are incredible. So if you're selling, congratulations. If you're buying, ooh, buddy, you're going to have to write a little bigger check than you have in the past. Okay, I hope you enjoyed today's podcast, uh, The Leap Awards. Grab the magazine and read it. It'll, it breaks down that 210 snorkel and some of these other really good read for you to get that product knowledge. Um, and the rotator category. Hey, get familiar with them. If you're a rental rep, this isn't like renting a telehandler, man. you gotta, you got to be a little more involved on the machine and how it operates and with the job site. But keep in mind, you're selling productivity when you, sell, when you rent a machine. So you, that's a, just another... Uh, bullet for you to go out and say hey we're going to help you get the job done quicker faster safer and that's what that's what construction equipment does folks okay hey hope you like the podcast till next time